1: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast and news update. And as always, please remember to subscribe to Locked On Texans on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and Spotify. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Alone, guess who's back, ladies and gentlemen?
2: Your boy, some sports guy, Hickman, and I'm happy to be back. Had to, you know, take off for yesterday, spend some time with my mom and, uh, you know, I'm in a process of move, uh, moving, so I know Cody didn't tell you guys that, but I am in a process of moving and uh, had a very long day working as an essential employee, but you guys don't really give a damn, because I don't give a damn right now. I want to talk to you about the Houston Texans, and, and that's why we're here today on this, on this Tuesday, uh, Taco Tuesday at this, and I hope you guys, you know, are having a great day, Cody. We're talking to the Bengals today. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, were doing the crossover week. Again, with the AFC North, a part of the entire Locked On Podcast family network that we're getting together each week to bring you guys these crossovers. And I love them because you hear different perspectives from everybody, not only the Texans, but, you know, this week going to be the AFC North. So you guys got the Ravens uh, yesterday on Monday, got the Bengals today. We're gonna work on the Steelers, work on the Cleveland Browns, and I can't wait to talk to them because you know, you know the Browns and the Bears are the two teams that I I just really love to, you know, crap on. And speaking of the Bears, can I say something real quick, Cody?
1: You knew you knew it was coming. I just I just don't understand the Browns. I want to believe in them. Remember, I was high on them last year. I told you. I just I just don't understand how you have Jarvis Landry, you have Odell Beckham. Baker Mayfield, who was a – he looked like he was going to be a good quarterback after his rookie season. What was it? He started six games. And, I mean, I just don't understand. Like, the Browns are so frustrating. And I'm not even a fan. I don't even care about the Browns. But I'm frustrated. I can't imagine what Cleveland is going through. But the whole city of Cleveland, all their sports teams, they they just frustrating as a whole.
2: They are – I've been to Cleveland, and it's a dry place. It's very, it, it feels like, you know, in cartoons, there's a uh, a happy place and a sad place, and the happy place is all yellow, bright, and vibrant colors. And then the sad place is gray. You know, you have this slow old person that says hello, but it's like, uh, that's, Cleveland. Uh, that's Cleveland. And then you have the Bears, who that's Deshaun that. Watson said, didn't even speak to him. In the draft, and uh rumors had it added if Deshaun Let Watson was white, then they would have drafted Deshaun Watson. That's a rumor that's going on go. going on right now. I just I love it because they're going to continue to be sorry.
1: Rex Grossman Who cares. Jay you should Culloughly, be happy Because uh, I'm happy. Because think about actually. it, John. Think about it. If they would have interviewed Watson if they were have dead film on Watson, if they came to their senses that Watson was the best quarterback coming out of the draft in 2017, nine times out of 10, he would not be in Houston right now because he would be in Chicago. So let it go. It worked oh, out for us. Let let I, That's I, even I better.
2: do this because I just love crapping on the Bears organization and their fans. Uh, but I will say this, the Watson is up for a huge, huge major, Contract extension. This is something that we'll talk about in the coming weeks. With the crossover show that we're doing, we, we're designated more time to, you know, the guests. But right now, Deshaun Watson would probably, of course, we know he's going to reset the market because his deal will get done before Patrick Mahomes. And if I'm the Chiefs, I'm not really rushing because we have our MVP, we have our Super Bowl. Watson, I'm sorry, Mahomes will be around, he, and he's already stated that he wants to be around forever. A Watson contract would possibly land him in between 40 and $50 million annually, and that's going to do some damage to the quarterback market, and I can't wait to see how it's going
1: to unfold. But before we get into all that good stuff, I just want to remind you guys that this episode is brought to you in part by Built Bar. And ladies and gentlemen, if you are looking for a great way to get your protein or, or just something that can help you get that healthy snack or healthy breakfast treat, Bilt Bar is the way to go. Every single morning, I start my day off with a Bilt Bar, most noticeably with my favorite flavor, banana nut bread. And boy, does it get me going. I know you guys have been hearing a lot about Bill Bar over the past couple of days, and ladies and gentlemen, if you want to know what all the fuss is about, I am encouraging you to give it a try when you place your first order at BuiltBar.com. Remember, use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first box at BuiltBar.com.
2: What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, John some sports Scott Hickman, and... You know last week we were doing the Locked Locked On crossover show with the divisions, and now we are back with the AFC North. But before we get into that, I'm definitely joined by my boy Cody Davis and the great family, you know, the the co-workers and family members from the Locked On podcast network of the Locked On Bengals. Jake and James, what's going on, fellas?
3: Oh, man, things are going well. The Cincinnati Bengals have a quarterback again. Things are looking up. We're looking forward to Andy Dalton not choking in Houston <laughs> uh, you know, the way that, that, that that's happened a lot in our lives.
2: Oh, man. And you know what? That's the funny thing. Andy Dalton has he had a good run in Cincinnati. One thing I will say is I'm glad you guys finally let go of Marvin Lewis. I think everybody can agree that was, you know, years late. Andy Dalton had a good run, but with the first overall draft pick after having a terrible season last year, you guys are confident in Joe Burrow, I believe.
3: Yeah, man. I think that. On tape, he does everything you want out of a quarterback outside of hitting throws at an elite level in the 11 to 15 yard range outside the numbers. And when you're that specific about a weakness in a quarterback's profile, I think you feel pretty good about him. His processing speed is fantastic. His release uh, time to release is pretty good. There's a really cool article breaking this down, actually, using frame rate analysis to determine quarterback velocity and uh, release time. Joe Burrow comes out with really good processing speed if you measure that way. His ability to see the whole field, his productivity, all really, really good. And the intangibles, the leadership he's going to bring to this team, what he did at LSU coming in as a grad transfer, holding players accountable, all things that this team sorely needs.
1: You know there's a lot of hype surrounding Joe Burrow and it's understandable why, but you guys actually drafted one of, if not the best receiver in this year's draft class and T Higgins. So what's your thoughts on that? Because it seems like you guys are set for at least the next five to seven years, depending on how things play out with T Higgins as a reliable target for Joe Burrow to throw to.
0: Yeah. I, I think getting T Higgins was such a, a great piece to pair with Joe Burrow. He's a guy 6'4", 215. He's got the size, the catch radius that you look for, that you hope for. He runs well after the catch, which I think is really an underrated part of his game. And when you look at at what he brings, given the, the uncertainty with A.J. Green in his future, he could slide in there potentially and either complement Green, if Green's in Cincinnati long term, or he can be the guy or one of the guys that, that Burrow builds with. So I really liked that they addressed the wide receiver position with that 33rd overall pick. And you get a guy that's played in huge games, uh, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons at Clemson, just really played at an extremely high level. And, uh, heck, went up against Joe Burrow in the national championship game and played well. Uh, unfortunately for him, the Clemson Tigers couldn't uh, couldn't pull through and Burrow was too much. But, yeah, I, I think it's a – a great pairing and it gives Burrow a wide receiver. He can grow with both short and long-term.
1: Mm. Um, how, what's the excitement surrounding the Cincinnati Bengals after drafting Burrow and Higgins, because th- I'm sorry to say, but the Cincinnati Bengals have not been that much of a relevant team ever since the days of Chad o- Ochocinco. And not only that, this is a team who has not advanced past the wild card of the playoff since 1990, if I'm not mistaken. So, You know, just given how much disappointment that's just been around this franchise, it just seems like you guys are, I'm not trying to make funny anything like that, but it just seems like you guys are like another version of the Cleveland Cavaliers in a way. So just what's the excitement surrounding the Bengals, knowing that you guys have um, some great new prospects coming along in Browell and Higgins?
3: You're not really saying anything revolutionary when you say the Bengals haven't been a very compelling team, and Bengals fans would agree with you if you judge by their attendance numbers. They just had their worst attendance since the mid-90s in the last decade. I think the excitement level at this point is pretty similar to what it was when the Bengals brought in Marvin Lewis, drafted Carson Palmer with the first overall pick. The last time the Bengals had the first overall pick, they also went with the no-doubt-everyone-knew-it-was-coming quarterback. Different era, of course, they negotiated that deal well before the draft, but there's a similar feel, right? We've got a second year coaching staff who really, I mean, you don't throw away their first year. It counts, obviously. It didn't go well, but they didn't meet each other in a lot of cases until the combine. This year, by comparison, the coaches were way deep into the draft class in January because they're coaching the senior bowl. So the coaches are way ahead of where they were last year. They've had a chance to get through the roster turn you usually see when you see a new set of coaches come in. So they've entirely remade the defense, right? They they got to spend a lot more time preparing for this draft, and they did what they've done historically. You talk about T. Higgins and Joe Burrow. The last time the Bengals drafted a quarterback, Andy Dalton, in the second round, that goes with A.J. Green in the first round. So the Bengals have a history of valuing receiver when they draft a quarterback letting those guys grow together. So you're you're seeing a lot more excitement around the city. The the fan base entirely reinvigorated after essentially going dormant. I mean, you you're getting like 35,000 fans in a 65,000 seat stadium. It was pretty pathetic toward the end of the year, but with the chosen one returning to his home state about an hour and a half
2: from home in Athens,
3: Ohio, Sound things are like pretty LeBron. exciting. I, in a lot of ways, right? I mean, it's not his home city, but it's his home state.
2: I want to, you know, kind of switch the topic of discussion over to Zach Taylor. You know, spent time under the tutelage of uh, Sean McVay as a quarterback coach, was a quarterback coach in Miami. When uh, Ryan Tannehill had his best three-year stretch before he got hurt, posted 4,000, 4,000, 4,000 yards in a row, and really had him operating at a maybe the best we've seen him at during his Miami stretch, I and mean, I wouldn't really count last year because he was inserted into a lineup, and I know the playbook when you're inserted is kind of limited, but how confident are you in Zach Taylor, this you know, QB whisperer, QB coach kind of guy, to really make sure that A, Joe Burrow is prepared when day one starts, and then he also makes sure there's an office that fits Joe Burrow and his needs?
0: It's going to be interesting to see, guys, because it, obviously – it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize that Joe Burrow played in a pro style offense last year. You want to put him in a position to do the same things he did at LSU that he had so much success with and had arguably the best college se- best season in college football history. So I-, I think from that standpoint, Zach Taylor understands it and the Bengals coaching staff understands it, but we just don't know what Zach Taylor at- is right now as a head coach. There, there were so many factors that went into last year's two and 14 team from the Rams going to the Super Bowl of the year prior and Zach Taylor and his staff being assembled later in the offseason. So they had to scramble a bit to injuries to the, the weird back and forth with Andy Dalton getting benched for a couple of games for Ryan Finley and then going back to Andy. So I think this isn't really year one for Zach Taylor, but I, I think this is going to be the first time that everyone can look at his his performance, good and bad, and evaluate it without having a, an asterisk almost by it. Because, yeah, there were some things that you could pay attention to, game management and stuff like that. But overall, the roster just wasn't where it needed to be to evaluate Zach Taylor as a head coach. So I think he's going to give Joe Burrow uh, the, uh, the necessary playbook, right, and make the changes he, he needs to have success early on in his career and make sure Joe's comfortable But outside of that, I think it's an uncertainty with with Zach Taylor, and and we'll see and get a lot of our questions answered this season.
1: Hey, guys, before we move on to the Houston Texans, I just have to ask you guys, how would you sum up the last nine seasons with Andy Dalton as as your quarterback? Uh,
3: It's a bit of a roller coaster, I I think, right? First five seasons. so complete disclosure when the Bengals drafted Andy Dalton when Carson Palmer was demanding a trade it was it was truly a low point for a lot of Bengals fans myself included I'm thinking man if Carson Palmer couldn't do anything to change this team and he tried you listen to Willie Anderson and he's making a big publicity tour for himself right now the former Bengals great right tackle who should be in the Hall of Fame by the way we'll see if he gets any traction there he talks about how Carson Palmer came into the league bright-eyed and bushy-tailed couldn't make any changes to the organization. And then suddenly Andy Dalton and AJ Green carry the team to the playoffs with I mean not directly just those two, but you get five years in a row of playoff appearances and they they feel like they can win some of those games and, and then everything falls apart. Toward 2016, it starts to become clear, okay, Andy is not elevating the players around him. He is what he is. He can win with a supremely talented roster, but now we're starting to miss on draft classes. And now we're starting to get bad injury luck and things aren't coming together. So the last four years of the Andy Dalton tenure are kind of seen by fans, in my opinion, as an overstayed welcome. But his first five years are are seen as an unmitigated success because you get a second round quarterback, you go to the playoffs five times, you get MVP level performance from Dalton for a lot of that 2015 season that wildly exceeds expectations right and and then things kind of fall apart and and then it kind of snowballs right and and then it starts to get a little nasty but andy dalton is a great human being i do want to say that to his credit i have talked to the guy i've seen him be incredibly gracious with his time with myself and others he's a very good person to have in the community has done a lot for the city of cincinnati So whenever I talk about the Dalton era, I do like to mention how great of a human being he is.
2: Yeah, and I think he may have a shot in Dallas to maybe make some noise because Jerry Jones is very unpredictable. And it seems like that organization is not sold on uh, Dak Prescott leading that franchise in the future. I I will say this before we kind of move on. Back in 2010, you guys allowed Jonathan Joseph to walk and we ended up signing him this year. DJ Rita walked and you guys ended up signing him and and you're going to get a phenomenal player who has done phenomenal things for the community out here in Houston. I cannot wait to discuss what he can do for you guys and every question that you want to throw at us here in Houston for the Texans.
3: Yeah, we'll get to that next. I think that's a cool parallel though. And we actually talked about Jonathan Joseph earlier on our podcast because he was just named to PFF's top 101 players of the 2010 decade. Of course, that started for the Texans in 2010 when the bengals chose to extend leon hall instead of jonathan joseph
2: bill bar is the best tasting protein bar ever bill bars are tasty not none of that bland no flavor bars no none of that it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar who doesn't like candy bar snickers mr good bar the whole nine but it's just a little bit more better for you. 16 amazing flavors, eight chocolate nut flavors, eight chocolate nut free flavors. Bars are covered in hundred percent chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Good bar is great for the health conscious guy like me. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, which is what you really need if you're really trying to get it a little bit healthier. Flavor profile here: peanut butter brownie. 20 grams protein, 170 calories, 3 grams sugar, 3 grams net carbs. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Again, that is promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com.
1: I wonder if Joe Burrow gonna leave the Bengals just as many times as LeBron James left the Cavaliers.
2: Gosh, I, I, I hope not. <laughs> that city cannot withstand another hometown star. In we—I believe Joe Burrow will be a star in this NFL league. We can't stand another star leaving their franchise. I mean, it's already gray and gloomy there, but I, I don't. I, I had a very dark joke that I was about to say, but let's just say I don't know how long people will be able to stay and live in that city if jerry leaves but i don't think so if it comes out his first three years out of the gate swinging and he i mean he's either taking the team to the to the playoffs or he's definitely wholeheartedly not the reason that they're not making the playoffs and he is a franchise quarterback they just need to build around him they're going to get him locked in for about four or five years get that contract signed which will be how god knows however much it'd be at that point because of the, the the quarterback Mark will reset and they'll keep him around. So I don't think he will leave. However, we've seen crazier.
1: I don't know. I just have this feeling like what we saw from Braun. We're going to see the same thing from Joe Burrow. Both of them are, are all potential, all time great players in their respective um, sport. Both of them are from small cities located inside Ohio and you know, they, they go to their potential hometown team and it, it they do great. <laughs> they bring some promise and hope. And within the next seven years, he leaves. If he leaves, I hope that he does a decision. <laughs> At this time, who would, Oh, I got it. Joe Burrow the decision. <laughs> In this fall, man, this is going to be tough. In this fall, I decided to take my talents to New England <laughs> and join the oh New England Patriots. God.
2: That was set the NFL <laughs> on fire. On fire. Hey guys, thank you for joining us today on this Tuesday episode of Locked On Texas, where we had an opportunity to be graced by Locked On Bengals. Had a great conversation with those guys. Uh, don't forget to always subscribe to the podcast, Locked On Texans, and follow it. Follow the Twitter page. I'm sorry, on Twitter at Locked On Texas. And don't forget to check out Bill Bar. I'm telling you, their bars are amazing. You have to find the flavor that you like, stick to it. And I guarantee you it'll help you out. It's been helping me out uh, tremendously. Follow me on Twitter at some sports guy with two Y's at the end. And yes, if it says Dr. Sports guy, am I registered to be a doctor? Do I have my, my my credentials to be a doctor? Absolutely not. I am a doctor in some capacity.
1: And as always, Please remember to follow me on Twitter at CodyDavis underscore 24. That's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24.
2: Guys, I know the city is open back up, and even I want to go out and have a lot of fun and go to clubs and go to happy hours. But I will say this. If you choose to move around, just make sure that you're practicing your safety. Wear gloves if you feel like you're going to touch on things. Make sure you're wearing your mask if you don't have an n95 mask wear something that can give you some type of protection no i'm not your dad no i'm not trying to tell you what to do but we just want to make sure all of our listeners are safe out there until tomorrow peace
0: you are locked on texas